This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. All right, we're back. Uh, we're back in business. We've had our post-origin round of rugby league. You know, as far as rounds have gone this year, a pretty entertaining one, all in all. Some some close games, some unexpected results, some topsy-turvy encounters. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot to like about this weekend, which, you know, hasn't really been the case a lot of the time this year. So I think we can be pleased with with what we see. But um, we'll jump back to Friday to start things off. Mm, this game, I mean... Look, <laughs> yeah, look, your lead-in was accurate. This game was not. <laughs> yeah. Once again, para fans going to be like, why won't they talk about us? It just seems like every week you just beat a dud team by 20 or lose to yeah, South Penrith or Melbourne. Well, they've got they've got the really tough run in now and it's like, we'll definitely learn a lot about para in the yeah. next five well, or six weeks. I was weeks. shocked. Friend, patron, friend of the show, Jez, last night was saying the Roosters will still make top four and I said, mate, you're crazy. Like, how? And he said, look at the Parramatta run home. And so yeah. I did. I don't think right. the Roosters can do it though. Oh, neither do I, but he's a Roosters fan and I at least get the path because para play all the other good teams in the run-in, all of them. So yeah, they play the Raiders this week, whatever. But then Roosters, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, nice little game off against the Cowboys, and then Storm Panthers. That's absolutely brutal. It can't it get much, it can't get any worse. I mean, yeah, pretty much you can't have a much worse run-in, and considering they're one of the top teams, you can't play themselves. Yeah, but they're playing. I think- yeah, there's only six good teams. They're one of them. They're playing on, all five. On, on honestly though, like it's for me. I know paraplanes might complain or similar, but they're locked into like the top six. They're locked in. They'll probably be locked in the top four still. But that's a perfect run for the finals for mine. Like if you're actually a serious serious contender, if you're not a serious contender and you look at that and you have the shits, it's like well you don't you don't back your team in like. That's the perfect way to go into the finals, especially pay, playing the Storm and Penrith right before it. Yeah, if they can get if they can get to the end of the season winning four of those seven games, I think yeah. that's pretty good. Well, we've seen in prior years there's been some occasions in like round 25, 26, when a te- teams that match up in the finals in week one, like one team smashed the other in that round and then lost the week after. South Roosters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then year. there was yeah, that's it. And there was a manly one the other I can't remember who it was. Manly the other year did it as well. Like they flipped, but often it's good prep because you get to figure out the kinks and the team that won thinks they can beat you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's not bad prep. As for this game, um everyone knows I'm I'm just done with the Titans. Like <laughs> what a disappointing <laughs> team they have been. Just always, just always can you make the game any interesting at all? And no, they can't, but the bizarre part of this game was like, so day for feed went off, went off after 21 minutes and my brain defaulted to, Oh, it's post origin rest. And then I remembered he didn't play. Origin <laughs> suspended. It's like, Oh wait, shit. He just got hooked. It's like, uh, so he right. got hooked after 21. Uh, Fo- Fogarty looks like he might be out for some time. I haven't got the full update on that yet. Ash Taylor had some glimpses as he does, but again, it's just like, ugh. What a frustrating football team they are. They and, really are. And the Eels just did it pretty easy and stayed on top from there. Happily rested, uh, you know, rested Paulo and Mitch Moses, but kind of, you know, pissed it in with Jake Arthur filling in, who's been pretty admirable in his fill-in role. But uh, also some of the tries they scored, like the really easy ones, like Madison's work, uh, Sean Lane's try, just, yeah. It was over, as we all know, this one was over in 25 minutes. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, though, pretty intriguing game, all things considered, in the end. Manly ended up winning 13 plus, as I think everyone expected them to, but it didn't really come the way we thought that that might. Uh, the Dragons starting pretty brightly. It was, it was, uh, was it 12 all or 12 10 to the Dragons at one point? And then, so no, 12 all, 12 all at halftime. And then, yeah, or was it 16 12? When did Foreign score? <laughs> four and scored on a half time, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was close so it was, at half time. No, it was 14 12 to the Dragons in half time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Manly pulled away in the second half. Um, but, you know, a spirited effort from a Dragons team down on troops. Um, can you, I guess you can be a little bit, I mean, I know people in general hate the term like, oh, like a good loss or whatever. And I usually agree that given what's going on with that club at the moment, it's, it's a pretty, I think you can be, pretty pleased with this performance overall yeah i mean Corey norman didn't <laughs> didn't do himself any favors that's for sure he's he's um 
just absolute piss week. Oh, Corey. And uh, in this game, he's like the defense on Olukawatu's first try. Like, I've seen many ways men miss tackles. That was a very unique one for mine. How he like bent down and then he really didn't try to tackle <laughs> if, him. It's like, what? If if he stays, like, if he doesn't go to England, like, I can you see team giving him more than like almost the minimum? Well, like, we're in such a weird spot right now, Bunga, that there's like all these halves that nobody wants, but also teams that need halves. Like, it's just a strange. Well, you know, you look at the the Raiders, right? They need a halfback, but yeah. Who Luke Brooks will get probably get punted from the Tigers. I don't think he's worth any first grade team, but someone will probably sign him. You guys need a half. I'd have, I'd have, I'd give him a go. Fuck the tight, the Titans need one out that's not Ash or if Ash Taylor goes, they need a six. It's like maybe someone has a a pun on Corey Norman. I doubt it though. I think he's near the bottom of that totem pole for mine, and it's and we talk about Aiden Caesar a lot here, but he signed with a new uh, English really? team today. Yeah. It's like. What is, he couldn't get like he's been trying to come back here. Yeah, he I, I get understand. Interest, Why so. is a team like the Tigers or the Titans? Well, I know he played for the Titans before, but like, yeah, how can he not get a gig somewhere? I don't know. Yeah, but other, other like the Dragons, you said actually kind of decent. And I know Ben Hunt's best form, well, for mine anyway, was 2014, 2015, mm. but his stock value might be an all time high right now. People are loving Ben Hunt, thought he was good in this game again. So his stock's gone way up, but uh, for the for the man for Manly, it's like they'd be pretty happy themselves to win this game, considering yeah. didn't play Tommy, no Tommy, didn't play DCE. Yeah, Foran had a really good game, I thought. Um, Olokowatu was such a bizarre one that like him and Schuster just like not being in the plan start of the year still bizarre to me. Schuster's awesome. I know people hate that no look passes. I love them. Keep doing it. Don't listen to the haters, mate. Keep throwing no looks. Uh, Schuster you know, did pretty good in the halves for mine, but and you know weirdly like guys like Carl Lawton's playing okay for them in the back row, even though, even though he got hurt. But yeah, it was just um, a decent win for Manly as well. I think I think you said you know the Dragons played all right, and they'd be fans could be happy with the performance after what the last couple of weeks have had. But uh, I thought Manly did quite well to come back into the contest. Like, yeah, yeah, good on them. Olakar right. is awesome though. Yeah. Uh the Roosters, they did it without the key, uh, without uh, the help of um, several key players. They remained down on troops, but um, the kid and <laughs> and the rest uh, got them over the line. Again, the Cowboys started really brightly, but after halftime, it was pretty one-way traffic. Um, is Billy Smith better than Josh Morris? Hasn't that... It's a weird narrative that just seems to have engulfed like, Roosters' social media. Like this very specific argument between... Billy Smith and Josh Morris. The thing is, when your team's been so good for so long, you can't be looking at the rest of us who are arguing about, like, you know, I know, and even yours has been quite good for a while, Bunga. You haven't had many issues to drop or nah. raise someone else's position, but the rest of us are arguing about guys who should both be in reserve grade. Who's the better out of those two reserve grade bums? Mm. You know, you, you look at the Roosters arguing about Josh Morris, <laughs> who's been one of the best players of his generation, and Billy Smith, who has got a lot of potential and has looked. His career's been disjointed since the Sam Burgess incident, not because mm. of Sam Burgess, because of injuries, but he was made of fame from the hair pull. Uh, and then since, yeah, he's had a lot of potential, hasn't really got a shot, but yeah, they got pick out of two good guys. And uh, I know maybe Billy Smith right now is in better form than Josh Morris, but I really don't think they're going to drop Josh Morris. Mm-mm. 34 years old, only like six or seven games left in the season for him in his career, most likely. I don't think they're doing it, fellas. Nah, I think, and I don't think even if, I don't know, I don't know which one's better, but I don't think even if Billy Smith is marginally better, you want to jeopardize sort of shaking up the team chemistry and sort of making a big statement call on a team veteran, a very respected and liked player Mm. for for the benefit of maybe getting like a couple of percent better at a position that you're strong at either way. So Billy Smith, though, he's only 21, but yeah, he's got a lot of potential and I understand them wanting to keep him in the side. I get that, but wouldn't you almost try and do the awkward fit? Like, you know, Manu goes to six or the Hutch has been okay. Or Billy Smith goes to the wing for Ikevalu or something. Ikevalu has been right too, though. Ikevalu is a really good finisher, but he's pretty shit at everything else. Yeah. (laughs) Don't have to defend that finish. much when you play for the Roosters. Yeah, though. that's it. Um, yeah, but 
I don't uh, know. Tupanu has had a great season. He was awesome again. Um, I mean, I thought Crichton was great off the bench. As oh, well. but yeah, but he's just yeah. on another level. It's disappointing that he's not doing it for South, but no oh well. <laughs> um, Cowboys, I get bright start. They did this against South a couple of weeks ago as well. They just started really well and then just kind of just as soon as Tamalola went off, and then yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be the story of the last couple of weeks with them now. They've seen some good signs this year, though. I know not what they would have liked to have seen the whole season, but I do think they can at least think they're building something with some of the players they've, yeah. they've blooded this year. Like the uh, Drinkwater's been playing great. Taboy Fidel was like fantastic at fullback, and that was that is his position. Fast not, guy getting into space. How good. Yeah, and he's not going to move, he's not going to take Hone's position, but he's just, you know, done well at center, done well back there. Uh, Tualangi and uh, Canelli there have been good in the back line. Like, yeah, Drinkwater looks awesome. Did and looks average. But, you know, there's still some... De- you can look at that team and go, maybe we actually are only a couple of pieces away from sorting this shit out. Yep. And Molo's a bit of a loss, but uh, if they got a couple of edge back rowers, like, I think they'd be feeling a lot better about next season. I don't like they're so weird. They have so many edge guys. They all just suck. Like they're all like I thought like Mitchell Dunn had heaps of potential. Nothing. Everyone knows we all thought about, thought about Cohen Hess. Peter Hole is the same, and I think the same. Shane Wright I think is pretty average as well. But all those guys like you would have thought you have that many shots at like back rolls of potential. One of them would be good, but no, yeah. <laughs> no, they all kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, um, Jordan McLean still sucks there too, but yeah, I don't know the the. I think the Cowboys are fans just hoping for the rest of the season just to see, you know, a couple of more games like that from the Mahama, maybe some drink water joy, some Robson games. But I think they can go into next year. I know they've overpaid ta- towns and and they can go in next year like every other year. We all think they're eight Smokies and get disappointed. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to do it again. I'm ready. Already, I'm ready, right I'm ready for it. Twenty twenty two eighth. You heard eighth. it here first. That's it. Um. Raiders 34, Sharks 18. Uh, another big win for the agenda. Uh, Raiders losing with 20 to go. Jack Whiten goes off. Raiders win easily. <laughs> that simple, boys. It is. Uh, I mean, obviously the story of this game is Xavier Savage's game at fullback. Macho, you man. Know. What a king. God, he was like, yeah, he was sensational. Did they uh, knowingly play Caleb Aikens ahead of this guy for like 10 weeks? I, I do think there was some contract stuff at some point, right, okay. uh, development contract stuff before round 10 or so. But yeah, I mean, it's been a while since they could have played him and mm. they didn't. And yeah, he's, he's been fantastic. And he's a funny one because he, he's come through this generation of like Queenslanders under 20 now. Like there were that in under 18 years ago. That's a team I mentioned before on the podcast, but his team had like the hammer in it. Reese Walsh, uh, Brennan Piakura, Jack Howarth, Sam Walker, uh, who else? Xavier Coates, Tessie New, like really good team. And Xavier couldn't make that side. He wasn't he wasn't in that Queensland uh, under 18s team. He did play for the schoolboys team, which is weird. They're pretty much the same fucking team, right? But he played for the Queensland schoolboys, didn't only off the bench. Uh, so I guess it's a sign, one thing, firstly, how much talent Queensland has coming in the outside backs. So probably have half their origin players from 20 or under in the next year or two. But secondly, uh, certainly fucking killing it for a dude that, you know, didn't even crack those sides like a year ago. <laughs> like, looks awesome. Was run sub 100 and sub 11, apparently. So he's pretty chunky for a dude who's that fast. And I do think, well, we saw it in this game, how he can move in space. I do think there'll be a couple of runs towards the rest of this season and probably next year where, like, people don't understand how fast or good he is yet that he'll just do some of that. You know, sometimes you see a young fella just like on a yardage hit up. Someone will come yeah. out of the line lazy. He'll step him and go. I think we're going to see a few more special X moments as the, as the year goes on. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be excited about for the Raiders. I think, um, you know, we know, we know a few Raiders fans who tend to get carried away with things, but they're looking now like they're back in that finals frame and <sighs> it's tough. It is, but they're literally outside the eight right now on four and against. So if they could get a big win over Parramatta this weekend, then they're right in there. And they've got, looking above them, they've got the Sharks who are kind of just treading water and who they just beat. And the Dragons who have got, you know, they've got all kinds of off-field issues at the moment. So, yeah, look, things are looking up for old Canberra. And, you know, if they got the Roosters in week one of the finals, maybe they'll just do what they did to them last year. Yeah, Um I don't know. I don't have any faith in. I can't, oh, I can't put I, any stock but... in it. I can't. But yeah, there's just some good signs there. Like Tom Starling was really good again off the bench, and they're just getting that mix a bit better. Mm. 
that's great for them. Uh, still, like you got to worry with how bad Whiten's form's been and who Sam Williams is at what's going to last. But yeah, as you said, this is a big win for them because they're somehow in their eight battle and they've just their same record as the Sharks now behind them on fourteen points difference. Like, yeah, that's they're there, they're or thereabouts. And I don't know if they've got a hard run home or bring it up in front of you right now. Bit of cheating. Well, uh, NRL physio said Jack Whiten's not going to play this week or isn't expected to play this week. So that's another win. So they're, they're doing. <laughs> they've got the Eels this week, but then they have games again. These are the games you you kind of need them. They're, they're four pointers. They're playing the Knights in round twenty. That's big. Dragons round twenty one. Big. And then they play the Storm, whatever. Mm. And then they play Manly, <laughs> Warriors, Roosters. So yeah, very they tough get- run to make the finals. For them, but again, character beat, building. Yeah, but if you beat the Knights and the Dragons, you can start thinking about it. Like, yeah, beat those two sides are probably in the finals. Sharky's um, Sean Johnson checked out the moment he signed that Warriors deal, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. Like Jesus uh, Christ, he, that's two games in a row. He's been awful. They have just tanked what was a promising season at the start of the year in multiple ways. But, uh, uh, but yeah. such a bizarre teammate. They probably play really well for like two weeks again and be confused by all of it. Like, yeah. They refuse to bottom out, but also refuse to to meet their potential. Yep, that's accurate. Um, Storm forty eight, no, it's four. Anything? Yeah, the Storm are winning by forty still. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's just great. If you yeah. sat through the end of this game and you're not a Storm or a Knights fan, you're a hero. When did I drop out? I I, I think did, I dropped I, out after the Olam try. Like the I Olam. made it to half time, went to go do something else, and then just didn't come back. Yeah, I mean, I keep hoping they'll go crack like 80, but they don't seem to want to do that. I thought that Tigers game was the game for that. So did and I. then they just didn't go on with it in the last 20. Do yeah, they play the? Do they play like, who could they do it against? I don't know. Like a really mentally weak team. I don't know. Do they play the Warriors? Do they play the Warriors? I don't know. Um, they don't get to play us again. So I was going to say, you're probably so. the other one, but yeah. Uh, let's have a look who they play again. But I mean, who can they not beat by by forty? I don't know. They play, they play Penrith in two weeks. I play the Cowboys this week. That could be one. Mm, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Penrith, Manly, Raiders, Titans, Titans. Oh, oh yeah, Jeez. <laughs> that could be a. But don't the Titans always? Maybe it's just that one game where they won thirty eight, yeah. thirty six. But I feel like weird shit always happens when the Titans play the Storm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't well, know actually, either. you know what? A team scoring eighty would be pretty weird. So. Yeah, I don't know, but they've obviously having scored the most points through 16 rounds, they're on the most points through 17 rounds. It's so funny. But they're trending towards most points scored all time, as we I, know, and with a shorter season. like Them being, as I said on Saturday night, them being better than when they were cheating the salary cap by millions of yeah. dollars is not normal. The it's Cowboys are $10 this week at home. It's ridiculous. A dollar but, you a know, five. Would you put any money? I wouldn't no. bet your money on that. No, I wouldn't get on the Cowboys plus 24. Like, well, nah, probably nah, not. I wouldn't. No way. Um, yeah. Anything? That's not really anything to say. Is it? Uh, no. Once the Knights lost Mitch Pierce, you knew they were getting pummeled. Even yeah. though they were going to get pummeled anyway, you just knew they were getting proper yeah. pummeled. And then we had a pretty, actually decent Sunday with three sort of close-ish games, two of which very unexpectedly so, uh, and then the other one being pretty topsy turvy. But we'll start with Warriors sixteen, Panthers thirty. Um, yeah, again, a pretty decent start. I mean, apart from the little kick I try after a few seconds, a decent first half for the Warriors, but just got away from them in the second. Yeah, I mean, they very, uh, very rare thing to say this year, but the Warriors would probably be a bit proud of their effort in this game, mm. considering I don't know, it's the equal worst you know, start or well, season so far in club history through 17 rounds, but this game they lost, um, they lost. Tohu Harris and Tuovasha Shek within 15 minutes of kickoff. So yeah, they had every right to probably get done by 50 from there. They had every every reason to 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 quit, but you end up getting 80 minutes straight, straight out of Matt Lodge, 76 minutes out of Fanua Blake, who you know two big bodies in the current speed of the game. It's pretty impressive for mine. And they hung around. Not only did they hang around, they scored some points. Like they scored at the 72nd minute, whatever. But they still were trying to score points to the death. And yeah, I think they can be pretty happy with it considering. Shout out to Kane Evans' tape, by the way. Why are people mad at that? Who it's cares? Dumb. It's, it's funny. It's Just funny. laugh. It's, it's oh a God. great meme. It is. It's like. If people miss this, Kane Evans had on in tape on his arm, fold some cunt. Yeah. 
And it was like, great because it was Kane Evans and he was a reserve as well. Yeah, he, he didn't play. That's the, the best part is that he didn't play. He's ever folded someone in his life. That was the other great thing, Kane Evans. But I he do folded like... the Bulldogs fan base when he scored that try for the Roosters in the mm-hmm. final. Yeah. But maybe it was because he was being like kit man for the day. And it was a reminder. Oh, he had, to... he had to fold the jerseys. Yeah, and wash them. And he was mad about it. So he wrote, Can't. That makes sense. <laughs> Penrith are pretty good, aren't they? Uh, yeah, Tyron may not. No, that, <laughs> that fracas with um Reese Walsh over the sideline was pretty funny as well. Then he yeah. immediately left when Adam Vanua Blake came over, which so, is pretty smart. Yeah, I don't know. Cleary was like looking maybe back for that Storm game. It's be very interesting they play without Cleary. Do you just rest him? Like you just don't show your hand before you probably play them again in a grand final? Yeah, but I don't know. Also, like, what if they do you by 40 or 50? Does that leave some scars? Uh, I think also, there's, there's now a mild risk for Penrith, though, of finishing fourth. Or like, which I, I know sounds ridiculous, given they're arguably the best team we've seen in the last 20 years. But they lose that Storm game and Parramatta and South win out. They'd finish fourth. So I just yeah. love that they lost some games. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Thank shame, God, though. Like, I mean, it was no, largely because no, no, of Origin. But, well, it that's, is a little that's bit. Every other not, season. That's happened not, to every other season. We're not doing this again. We're what? not doing this again. Well, we had a shame. A, well, no, it is a shame. <laughs> I like seeing his, like, it's nice to see historical greatness and it's a shame that it got ruined. By no shit outside of their control. The historical greatness, greatness got created by something outside of their controls as well. Like the rules well, did that. That's true. But yeah, okay. Yeah, Look, that's agreed. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think there, this is an asterisk season that'll get end up being ignored in history. Him, no, no, no. Wait, if South it. win, it's it, South win. It counts. But if oh, not, it's also less thing, mate, It's just gonna like there's gonna be so many records set this year. And then we're gonna, like, Johnson has 400 tries. I think. I, I think. believe so. Yeah, he's breaking Ken Irvine's record this year. Like Grimm Garrick has 198 points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, it's is it more than no? It's not more than the Bulldogs. They're very close. <laughs> yeah, him v Bulldogs would be an, it's an interesting run home. The Bulldogs are ahead by fourteen. It's a, it, yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> the live ladder had Ruben ahead, ahead for a remember, while. Remember, has, didn't hasn't beat a team once? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. It was probably us. But yeah, actually. but yeah, Johnson's down to twenty four tries and it's still well. We're not he, thirty two line breaks. That's a lot. And then so the other eighty just kicks the ball. And the other at the time, Teddy got put in a space and there was a person. There. Yeah, that's a bull. I mean, don't explain. Come on, come on. Yeah, he did beat rude. someone last week. That was a thing. Um, he won't be beating anyone in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah. nevertheless, um, all right. The probably the best game of the round: Brisbane twenty-four, West Tigers forty-two. Absolute cold train cup carnage. But don't look now. The team of the podcast is one <laughs> win away from the top eight. They don't even believe that. I do though. They're uh, they- equal for it. They play the Dragons this week as well. And I'm looking at the Titans, sorry. They play Manly this week as well. That's I mean, any, anyone who's watched them play the last month or plus knows they're garbage. Can I just say, though? Yeah. The Dewey system. Fantastic. They wasted half this season playing him out of position. Like, I love Madge, but Jesus Christ, man. Like, I mean, he should have resigned at full time. <laughs> like, fuck, sorry, guys. You know, geez, I've been doing that, have I? Like, that's it. Like, do we put five tries on? But it seems like a lot of tries. They, they're diff- like, we could tell from the kickoff, like, in other games, they have not bought, they're done with Madge because they are not putting in at all in can, defense. Can I make a counterpoint? What? This week, they play Manly. Fine. Yeah. But then, Warriors, 14th. Bulldogs, 16th. Cowboys, 13th. Sharks, Panthers. Bulldogs again. They might, they're going to lose more than half those games. They, that's I, what you think they're losing half those games. I, I will tell they will lose three or more of those games. That's not half. Three is not half of seven. Three or more. There, it's the thing. I could, well, there's no half. I couldn't say well, three. You could say four. Well, yeah, they'll lose four of those. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll lock it in. Like, I'll I've, take the un, I'll take the under. Like what are idiot, we I've, I've watched all their games. I don't know what we're betting yet. Though. I don't know. We'll work it out later. You got to back. How can, this is the team of the pod. How can you not back? I can't them? back them because I've watched them play. <laughs> <laughs> like, Look, fair. Like in this game, so the Broncos average almost 10 meters a run. Like that's, that's not good. Meters. And that's in a team that only finished completed 21 sets with 43% of possession. Anytime the Brisbane actually held onto the ball, they motored down. <laughs> Brisbane the field. should have been like four tries up at halftime. They should have. They bombed a couple and they, and they shot themselves in the foot about seven times in the second half. And then whatever, they haven't got good defense either. But yeah, like the, this is one. Of, this was like the dumb off this game. Who could be it less was. dumb? And then we saw the and dumbest then, try in history, yeah. that Nofaluma well, try. Yeah, it was great. Like very eight dumb. dudes failed to ground the ball. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here banging on at the Broncos the whole time, but obviously, yeah, Croft and Glenn awful as we'd expected. 
but yeah, Dewey's like Dewey's why they won because they just went right, and mm-hmm. he cut through nice cutouts. Very nice ball for the whole that Lua try. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And he he caught them short on numbers every time somehow, but he had a fantastic game, and him and Dane Laurie were pretty much it. Like mm. they kind so, of got smashed up the middle, and they yeah, still won they the did. game. And uh, and Kemba Marlow also had the worst like first half. Oh my god, he just didn't care, and then he was all right in the second half. Ah, uh, Junior Power getting a try in debut is nice. Um, anything else? Uh, no, his debut try in debut is nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like I'll do Broncos weekly, obviously, for a lot of these Super Brisbane fans. But it just that that team win one game and think they're good again. I'm just saying, so, it's time to believe. It's time uh, to believe. Payne Haas is is awesome though. Uh, that's it. As everyone knows, the moment he Payne goes Haas off, is very good. Yep. Um. All right. A, a result no one saw coming. Not certainly not me. Uh, Rabbitohs thirty-two, Bulldogs twenty-four. That is so many points. Um, yeah, um, the Bulldogs yeah, scored points. Terrible, terrible from South. Really who did, awful. Who did that happen? I don't know, but I don't like. It's very funny because like it, literally every person I know who gambles had some sort of same game multi on with like Alex Johnson to score two tries, which happened. But then like Dane Gago to score eight tries and and Tane Milne to score five tries and like. South to win by 40 and all this stuff. And just none of it happened. They nearly lost. And they might have lost if it went for Lachlan Lewis doing the funniest slash dumbest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Are we going to get the story of that at any mm, point? Probably not. I, I mean, Cody's, like not gonna, Cody's not going to sit. It is funny, though. Like, look, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on this, but if you reverse the roles there and Cody Walker throws his opposing 5-8 to the ground in that exact scenario... No one's sitting there going, "Oh, what did Lachlan Lewis say to provoke him?" They're just like, they're just going, "Ah, oh, Cody Walker, classic Cody Walker, he's such a grub." But because it's little Lachlan Lewis with a smile on his face doing it, Cody must have done something, or he must have done something. No, I'm just interested. That's so am all. I, but like, it, 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 I'm just pointing out the double standards at play here. Like, I, I can't imagine that if and, the roles had been reversed, that people would be pouring one out for Cody Walker. And I want to know what happened. Like, what is happening in Lachlan Lewis's head that that was. I don't just know. Punch said, him if you're going to do I something. That's what I don't understand how the dealing with the situation is. He's like, all I know, I could throw him to the ground. Is this, that's what? I don't know. It was bizarre, but it was goddamn hilarious. Uh, walking up the field doing that, like one of the great brain snaps. And also funny because he didn't actually like hurt Cody. Like King hitting someone, not funny. Really funny, just like taking him to the mat. Mm. <laughs> like didn't put him in a hole or anything though, which was weird, but. Yeah, the Bulldogs are uh, being a little pluckier again. Good on them. I don't know. It's weird. I, it's hard to take any stock out of it. You guys didn't play Latrell, and that's obviously a big difference for your lot. Big Mark Nichols, game 100. What a, that was stealing a, cool a try. Stealing that was a very try. funny. Why was he there? It's great. <laughs> steal. And it was funny. Look, the first 15 minutes of that game, he was dead set prime Paul Gallon when Souths yeah. were having attacking sets because I think Souths just assumed they would win this game by a million and we're just trying to get Mark Nichols a try like every time they had a goal line set. I think he got yeah. tackled two meters out from the line like eight times. Yeah, so he played thirty-eight minutes and had eighteen runs. There's a lot of Mark Nichols runs. They <laughs> were just a lot. too I much Mark like, Nichols. I do like the one thing about this current South slot is they're very hyper aware of those things. Like, they are when they, when they feed Alex Johnson all the time. I mean, the troll joked about it after Bloody Origin. They, they feed AJ, but uh, they feed him all the damn time. Who only again had seven touches of the ball, but two of them were tries <laughs> before yep. he went off. But uh, yeah, they um. They were looking to get Mark Nichols that 100th game try for like the entire fixture. I liked it. Gotta Ken Kalamatangi is fucking great. He is. And uh, Jaden Sewart, yeah, get rid of him. Ah, yeah. go. Oh, gone. no, but Wayne's lost his Orokas. But yeah, Sewart's not in the team if they're at full strength. And uh, Liam Knight, just still gash. Yeah. Barely play, but still sucks. Uh, Blake Taft was, uh, I don't know. I, I don't see it yet, but, you know, no. we'll see. You guys lost Patrick Margo overseas next year too, which I think, you know, he's been oh, pretty decent shame. this He's been year. all right. Yeah, who knows if he's if he's getting paid much, but probably not. But yeah, probably he's when he played thirty four he's been around forever. Played thirty four first grade games, but I think this year's his most established season in a while, it feels like. Yeah, I agree. Um and there's not really there's I mean, not Aaron really Shoop is pretty good for yeah. the Nick Meaney is not. Yeah, I don't know. But he'll be good next year. <laughs> but he'll be good next year. Yeah, we're hoping they fix that's him. how things work. I mean, we'll talk about the the big news for them, I guess, just shortly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe they can win some games coming home. I don't know. 
but they've just they just won't accept their spoon they deserve. Sit down and die. Leave my team alone. Yeah, you're getting worried. Do you play them again? Not no. really. I don't really because we're we're still two wins ahead. Do you play them again? We don't play them again. Okay. A four and against is better. But that could change in two weeks. <laughs> it could, but it's just like with two wins ahead, our four and against is better. I don't know. I mean, that was that we should have won this week, and that's a problem. But they'll probably turn up against a team like the Roosters again or Penrith and do okay. And then we'll just get beaten by other crap teams. Mm, fair. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried about it, though. No. That, uh, that last win was enough. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Simi Redradra. Absolutely buried it. Rantrandra. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into some news then. Um, Phil Gould has left the Warriors and joined the Bulldogs. In a huge off off field uh, piece of work for the for the family club. Um, I fully expect them to turn their fortunes right around ASAP. Uh, yeah. Um... Got my brain just switched off. That's great. What did you? What are we talking about? This Phil is terrible Gould. for me. Yeah, Phil Gould. I was like, I was like, I'm bringing up the Phil Gould thing to read, and my brain just stopped. But I was trying to find the quote when he said like how he couldn't he couldn't work at the Warriors because like he couldn't be at the club, and then already the Bulldogs are like posting photos of him on Zoom. <laughs> the Bulldogs. But he 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 uh, warned Barrett away from joining them like ten months ago because how toxic they were. But of course, they've been chasing him for a few months and he's probably got that bag. I just find it funny how um, I have no idea what these clubs are paying him, but he somehow keeps finding a way to be put in these important roles for lots of money whilst maintaining all these other jobs. And people are just cool with thinking he's just going to turn clubs around. We've said this in the last couple of episodes, but the Warriors are having their worst season of all time. Yeah. And I know COVID is at play for that, but still, ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. At, at best, at best, it's a wash. It's not like, oh, well done to Brownie and Gus for turning the ship around. Yeah, 100%. That's it. He turned them around in air quotes. So... Yeah, I don't know. They've been chasing him for a while, and I'm not sure. They've already done most of their signings for next year, and we'll get to the, the other one in a moment, but it's, um, I don't know. Bulldogs fans will be happy. I just, I think it's overrated like any any other time that the club's brought in Gould. It's not 10 years ago when he went to Penrith anymore. So, yeah, it's just bizarre. It did laugh though. Like one thing I said it on here before, I just respect it. Ben Eichen took the Brisbane job. He quit everything else, taking yeah. it seriously. Whereas like, yeah, Gould gets these general manager football jobs and they're part-time to him. Yeah. Can't get in the way of uh, his media duties, mate. Come on. No, mate. And he'll, and he'll go on though, like... <laughs> Yeah, but it is weird that it is like a, it is a homecoming for Gus in a sense. He was there a long time ago, but he never ever speaks about the Bulldogs like one of those clubs that are one of his clubs. Hey, so it'll start. No, now, only but, the Penrith and the Roosters. Yeah, the Roosters, yeah. It'll anyway, start now though. Yeah. They've got Tavita Pangai though. Great signing. They're actually look. I will say all jokes, all smarminess from us about Gould or whatever else aside. Adokar Burton and now Pangai for next year. They might be all right. They might not suck. Well, Pangai's one of the ones they needed. They needed that desperately. The reported value is massive. It's two point two million over three years, with the salary cap decrease. It's about it's almost like getting paid eight hundred k right in the what people are used to terms. You know, huge huge dollars. But you know they they do need a forward like Pangai. They need someone who can like he can play in the middle. He'll play in the middle most likely or on the edge, but. A guy who can offload, make things happen. A guy who can bring aggression and, and turn a fixture around, all that kind of thing. I think him and Luke Thompson, you know, you're partway there with a decent pack now yep. and you've got that going. And uh, it's huge money. And uh, it's just the other thing, it's just an indictment on the report from Michael Shamas is the Tigers offered the exact same amount. So the Tigers had offered less. The Bulldogs come to the party. The Tigers then up their offer to match the Bulldogs offer. And he chose the Bulldogs over the Tigers. And it's just, we've said it before on this podcast, 
the Tigers cannot get anyone to go there on an even playing field. They just can't. Like in Sydney, no one will choose them over the other clubs. And it's uh, almost feel sorry for them, mate, because the other ones have been, you know, whatever they did, they didn't really break the rules. They've been coveting him for a while. They got the situation in play and still got Pangai stolen from them. That, yeah, bizarre that, that that's happened. And yeah, and also bizarre that Pangai, and it's this is again shows some, the the short memories and the actual poor decision making that that is at football clubs. That Pangai last year broke his end at Broncos contract, and at that time he could have like no one wanted him. Someone could have signed him for like three or four years on like four hundred k a year last year. Yeah, easy. No one wanted him, so he fought, got his Broncos contract, went back, and he's getting this money now. And all it takes is like ten weeks of good football, and people are like, "Yep." 700k a year for three years. That's a lot of like Jesus Christ teams have short memories. He's been but, great this year. Oh, he's been fair. fantastic. It's a great signing for them. And you know, I, I'm like, I've always I always kind of want them to do well. And yeah, it's you know that that's that they're they're building something. And it's not like uh, we fall into this trap a lot with teams when they make some kind of middle of the road signings and people fall over themselves to be like, oh, look at this team. But that's three guys now who have been who are proven elite players in Adokar, Burton, and Pangai. They have Dufty as well. I forgot about that. Is he even in first grade? Uh, well, he, he got, he, this week he missed out with a... No, a I mean stupid... in their next year. Yeah, he'll, their... he'll probably stay for fullback. I'd so think many so, fullbacks. but maybe not. Poor Corey Allen. Scored uh, his first try for the Bulldogs this week against South. Against me, of course. Yeah. After I believed in him. Shame on him. Yeah, but um, there's some good signings you said. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that they've kind of stuck with the same hooking rotation. That's the weak spot for me I as well. But it. at the same time, they've also signed Brent Naden, so it's hard to like. You put their this lineup on no. paper now, it looks like it looks all right. But well, it's they, also hard to put that whole lineup together considering they've signed so many goddamn. Who's the ranks. well? Like, look, if they put Dufty at fullback. So they got Adokar. Well, where's he going to play? Is he going to play wing or center? Wing, like, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, so would I, but I don't know what the dogs like. You got him. You got Corey Allen. You got you got Naden. Is Will Hopwadi leaving? Yeah, he's not getting re-signed. I think he's heading into England. It'll, I think he might end up being like Naden and Naden and someone else in the centers. Miss, and who are we missing? Ockenbor and oh, I mean, Adokar Aaron shoots him pretty good, so maybe yeah. he's in the centers. It's a lot to be happy or about. Or Allen, as you said. Ockenball still exists, but Nick Cottridge is there injured. We I forgot about enough, yeah. my God. I forgot about Nick Cottridge. There you yeah. go. If you set, so if your back line's Dufty at fullback, Naden and Cottridge in the centers or Cottridge on the wing. Yeah. And then Adokar on the other wing. And then you've got either Allen or Ockenball or someone or Shoop or someone else to play either center or wing. That's not yeah. bad. And then yeah, Burton that, in the halves. Yeah. Burton in the halves with Averillo, I'd assuming. Yeah. Flanagan's cooked. Uh, and then you're looking at the four pack. You're still looking. Probably at uh, Jerry Marshall King as a starting hooker, I believe, which he's been decent, but I don't know why that like, and see, Aiden says is from East Hills as well. Bulldogs junior. I don't know why well, that seems perfect for that team. Yeah. Just nobody wants him. Hey. And then the Ford pack, Bizarre. I guess you're looking at Luke Thompson starting at prop. You may be Adam Elliott will be back by then. Yeah. Josh Jacks. So Elliott on an edge or, or 13 Jackson being the other one there. Pangai slots in somewhere. Uh, and then I don't know why they're not playing him, but I thought Randall for Tony was looking like a useful player. So did I. Yeah. They'll keep playing Jack Hedrington because everyone's stupid. You know, Especially Jack Hedrington. Yeah. Corey Waddell's around. Napa will be gone. Napa's but yeah, gone as you sure. said, it's, it's it's not a bad roster. And yeah, you you wouldn't think they'd be near the bottom of the ladder next year with that. Maybe they are with some te- teething issues, but at least they've got like next year, look at that roster and you can see points in it finally. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's been the problem with the Bulldogs since before they signed Dean Pay. Like, can't score. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much time they're in the opposition twenty, they can't score. They have got no one dynamic. They haven't got it. Even right now, you look at it. Even if they're parked in your twenty, and it happens all the time. Like sometimes you know your team's shit, but a good player will beat on one on one, and half the tries the Broncos score are like that. Like the try before half times, Payne has to beat his man and offloaded. Like they haven't even got guys like you know Will Opawati, for example, good first grade footballer. Never beating someone one on one anymore. You know, no. Corey Allen's not doing that. Nick Meaney's not doing that. That is not do- any of them are doing that. And I know Avarello has a potential, but yeah, they're just missing a lot of those kind of guys. And Pangai will add to that. And I don't know what position he plays, but yeah, Pangai and Luke Thompson brings something there. And I think that also those two kind of bring the attitude dogs fans want. Yeah. 
like, you know, I don't want to talk dogs of war garbage. It's a long time ago now, but the Bulldogs fans always get behind a bit of a grub, you know? Yeah. Like, guy like Josh Reynolds was their favorite son for 10 years or so. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a cracking Michael sign. Ennis no matter well. how much they paid him, I don't know what money they have left. I don't know if they even look at a nine, but yeah, that, that, half the teams in the comp need a nine. Brandon's just getting overpaid whenever he wants to go somewhere. Well, what if it's them? What if it is them and he's the last know. piece? I feel like he's waiting on um the Brisbane tooth thing. Mm. And who knows? I mean, I feel like he is waiting, but he's also got the role this year that he's been waiting for as well. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, dogs dogs are a hooker away, I think, from being pretty good next year. Yeah. Well, I know it's still obviously big question marks on Trent Barrett, but we'll see. Yes, we shall see. We shall uh, see. The Knights have re-signed the Saifides, both of them. For a combined 10 years. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. I mean, what a nice story that's been over the last few years. Just both of them getting better and better. Not just Daniel Jacob as well. Like just both improving year on year. Daniel's now one of the premier props in the competition. Jacob's very capable himself. Um, yeah. yeah, nice stuff for them. Yeah. Daniel, um, everyone knows, I didn't think he should have debuted in Origin when he did. But since then, Daniel's been one of the, like the last year's one of the best props in the competition. And particularly this year, has been fantastic as well. And whilst Jacob's not as good as him, obviously they're gonna he's good enough to be in first grade. They're gonna keep him around. Uh, same as his brother, keep Daniel happy. But yeah, I think those are those are good re-signings. And don't know what they're doing with Clemmer, but so Fidi's been good enough this year. He kind of has that almost that pain house feeling of being like another one-man middle for 20 minutes of the game or so. You think, geez, this guy's just totally in control and just you know, earning that momentum up them up the guts with, with his good play the ball. So yeah, I think it's a good re-signing. I know five years is a bit long. They essentially extend them a little bit, whatever. I mean, we we 10 years ago or even long, we were so afraid of five-year deals. But we just like, like they have been bought some of bit teams on the ass. Like Matt Lodge has bitten Brisbane on, on the ass, for example, but he was paid to a quality of player he never was for that deal. I'm not sure if this will bite the New York Knights in the ass, but even if somehow they fall apart the last year or two of it, they'll be happy. I think so. Like, yeah, they also resigned Heimel Hunt. Yeah, for another couple of years. Good little good signing. On. Mitch Kenny uh, extended his deal with the Panthers for another year. Jake Turpin staying with the Broncos. Uh, he activated a player option. We need a hooker bad. Oh, and uh, Tui Katoa resigned with the Bulldogs. Yeah. So to think, not earth, nothing earth shattering, but no. nevertheless, um, NRLW just keeps being. This is not great. Yeah, no one really knows what's going on. Um, still plenty of signings left to be finalized. We haven't really had much in the way of signings beyond what we talked about last week. The Dragons announced theirs, didn't they? Finally? Yeah, but we talked about those last week. Yeah, we before. did. Yeah. yeah, so like, it was weird. Like, the like St. George leader of his, like, had a story on that today. Like, it was new, new information when, like, yeah. we, we literally talked about that on here a week ago. I think the coronavirus has just stopped anything happening now because yeah. teams were announcing their signings. And then since like the COVID bubble, it's just stopped because the, the girls were supposed to be, was it July 12th? They're supposed to be in preseason right now. Yeah. That's not happened. And I don't, I've no idea what's happening. I don't know if they could, if they're going to do a, bu- if they could do a bubble, if they could afford to do a bubble for the women's game as well. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess we, we all haven't got the fucking, I don't know to go over coronavirus again. We all haven't got the answers no. on this thing. So who knows? I've got fingers crossed that we get to see it this year. Yep. Hopefully. I mean, um, hopefully, honestly, there's there's no reason why they can't play that later. No, that's true. Um, there's uh look, we don't all often talk about things Graham Annesley says at his weekly press conference, but I do want to talk about him saying today that teams risk sin bins for deliberate six against. Um who could have seen this coming? I mean, not us, that's not, for sure. Yeah, oh my I just want to mention two games specifically in this. There was one um, the South game was hilarious. Like, South had a scrum and the Bulldogs basically just lined up five meters offside when they were defending their goal line and gave away a zero on yep. off the base of the scrum. It's like, why is this a rule? Um, and then the the one that was the most farcical, and I, I tweeted about on Saturday night, and most pe- people, people, even Roosters fans agreed, was the Roosters defense against the Cowboys, which did culminate in the dumbest double movement I've ever seen. But before that, but three before that, in a row, three or four, and it's like yeah. they gained nothing from this, and then they gave away a stu- like obviously. He, why did he think he scored anyway? Like he, he ended up saying, "Like I don't, I didn't feel my elbow touch the ground." It's like what? 
<laughs> yeah. Sorry. But, but like, it's just, it's just a bit of a farce. And people go, oh, how do you fix it? I'm like, you just sin bin people for uh, a deliberate penalty on the goal line. Just one. Well, yeah. How do you fix this shit rule? You don't have this shit rule. That's one thing I hate. I hate people trying to tweak that rule. But yeah, the other one is, yeah. We've been on this for ages because penalties in this case would be just as useless as six against a lot of the time. Yeah. In fact, I, almost more useless because you stop the game. But if there's a if there's a deliberate ruck penalty inside the attacking 20, you're off the field until possession changes hands. I'm and that stacks. Man. So the next guy's off and the next guy's off. And if you want to make them 10 minutes in bins instead of that, then do that. Do something. Because I'm just tired of this, man. It's just shit. It's just shit to watch. And the Roosters are smart. Yeah. And even the dumb teams like the Bulldogs are now cottoning onto this and doing the smart things, which is like lining up five meters offside. So Seats, one of the best right to left teams in the comp, can't get a scrum playoff to Alex Johnson's wing because well, you're five it. meters offside. I'm- it's like everyone's worked this out. It's just so stupid. Just I, I know what you're saying. Like when they brought the rule in and it was the same shit where they thought, oh, you know, we're sick of, you know, deliberate penalties and whatever. But the fixing thing was never thought out at all. Somehow thinking it was a worse penalty than being given a penalty against teams, thinking, you know, oh, that's some roll and all that kind of garbage. But if the penalty's for lying on top of oh, I know, them, yeah, no. But the, like, the rule was applied yeah. in a vacuum of thinking when a team's on like tackle three or four rolling down the field and someone does it again, they're like gonna kill them. Which which is I still get happens. it in that specific it still happens in those, yeah. those but most occasions it's the same way you're mentioning in this or on tackle one or whatever, and teams doing it when they like the guy's holding him and looking at the referee, just looking at him. It's like you're staring at the referee, you're gonna call it okay, let go now. It's terrible, but they shouldn't have to like I sort of been. I got to the point at one point where we were saying we're not going to warn people. We're just going to simbin them. Just do that then. We went, but we went back to warnings, and then she said we can't have to warn them. We're going to simbin them. Just fucking simbin like t- like two in a row on the goal line, gone. It ain't that hard. Just make it a god. Like make that a rule. Seriously, and that was the best. I think that's probably the most farcical part. Was after the double movement, then the the before the Roosters got their penalty, the ref warned them for being offside. It's like oh yeah. well, yeah. great. And that's just, yeah, that's been one of the worst rule changes in rugby league history. For my, well, at least my life is the inside. Like, I hated this again in the first place, but we predicted the inside 10 one being terrible. And it just has been just disgusting. And just all this whole thing has done is bring more confusion to what penalties are for. People seeing obvious ones that aren't given or ruck infringement, seeing other ones given, they don't understand what they're given for. And now people are starting to actually finally notice the count of them and treat them like penalties. It's making people mad as well. So people started looking at the penalty. That was weird. Like a year that people just acted like they weren't penalties or infringements. People, oh, it's only two, four penalties. Oh, it's not penalties. But there's actually more infringements now when you add up penalties, ruck infringements, and inside tens, and there was when there used to be penalties. Yeah, exactly, mate. I, I just I don't understand it. I did enjoy Andrew John saying maybe we should have a second referee who monitors the ruck. Yeah. <laughs> we had one of them. I know we're gonna back in the same cycle, mate. Like they they Whatever. There's always going to be problems with officiating whatever, and teams are always going to abuse them, right? But just, yeah, the way this whole thing came out, what it is now, just mind-numbing, and it just feels like it's going to take us so long to get back on that right track. Yeah, it is. It is. Maybe next year. Uh, Do you want some rookie takes? Yeah. I want to say that it's not a shock, by the way, the individual referees are making worse decisions when it's one of them. Like, what a shock. Also, shout out to whoever that genius was who dug out some clip of Wayne Pierce from like 1991 where he said that he wanted two refs. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. How do you find that? I don't know. All right. Rookie Takes, we are back for another week. Uh, If you're a new listener to the show, this is where our Patreon subscribers can submit. Uh, Any bad opinions from the world of rugby league, we then uh, go through the worst five of the week and then uh, we vote on the finalists. So we vote a finalist that will go into the bracket at the end of the year to be the worst take of the year. So um, yeah, we got another five for this week. First of all, League Unlimited, which is a shame. Again, great website, shout out. But the uh, trail mate, that's not okay. Players acting as ball boys, joining in celebration, COVID issues, etc. Come on. Isn't that exactly why they're the ball boys? Yes. Well, this is the entire reason <laughs> they are the ball boys, because they're in the bubble. And he was supposed to play. Like an hour before this happened, he was na- he was still playing. So assuming he, he had played in this game, he'd just be wearing a jersey instead of a polo shirt and done the exact same thing, and that would have been fine. I love it. It's, it's, it's one of those things that feels like it's wrong, but then when you just think for one second, you realize that it's fine. Yeah. We as a society have lots of things to answer for. <laughs> yeah, we really do. 
Look, that I like these rookie takes there when they're harmless things like this. No one gets hurt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, LV tweeted, Adam O'Brien loves naming blokes he knows aren't going to play, to which Knight's Rebuild replied, it's to build up expectations, then lower them quickly. Takes the sting out of the loss when you can point to blokes being out. What? I, like, oh, he's, I think he's suggesting that Adam O'Brien's like, I know. Pulling guys out last minute to then like claim that's why they lost. <laughs> I mean, again, every coach does this. Yes. <laughs> like, like you remember the disrespect Des Hasley used to have for the t- before oh, mate, the, before the, you had to name the actual yeah, yeah. when he had Brett Morris playing jersey twenty four like where they find jersey twenty four I don't know but Brett Morris played it and like all week they're going like oh he's out for months or whatever and he played, <laughs> he played that weekend it's like Des Hasley the doggies did not give a fuck about team yeah. lists did man. not give that a dogs fuck. rebuild's got some takes on Des Hasley I'm sure I bet I bet. <laughs> So a good tweet from Cameron Sanchez. Honestly, no idea what we why we don't just go to six reserves on the interchange bench. The goalposts have changed. HIA is serious. Players and clubs taking it more seriously. Four reserves isn't enough anymore. Keep the eight interchanges, but we need more on the bench permanently. I think that's pretty fair, don't you? So do I. You know who doesn't think it's fair? Uh, Costanza Capital, who replied, just when attrition comes back into the game, the little men are starting to rise. Breaks in defense are appearing. You want to wipe it? Add an interchange for HIA? which will get abused in favor of having a fresh player, including pay reduction and a larger roster then. What? I read that correctly, by the way. That's what it said. He said none of those things. I know. That's, <laughs> that's great. You want to, what? Oh, man. That, oh, uh, damn. Michael's, that, uh, yeah, go. Is that Paul Crawley's burner? It could be. <laughs> it very much could be. It's attacking the entire wrong point and very aggressively at it. Yeah. Uh, Michael Sullivan did the new rules make Hughes palm off a massive forward run 50 meters with two teammates in support and only one opponent chasing or did the new rules make Connor Watson go out and play one after a scrum I'd suggest not the rules are fine I mean the second one yeah fine I mean the new rules probably do play a part in the Knights being too tired to chase someone (laughs) and Jerome Hughes palming off a man twice his size like that is probably a direct like that actually is probably because of the new rules (laughs) They're just asking genuine questions. They're just, just asking, asking questions. Because oh I, I, I replied to this and so, like I've made fun of him. I, I, and I said the Storm being better than where they were cheating the cat by millions of dollars makes perfect sense. And then he replied again saying, you think Hines is on big money or Olam or Remus Smith? Like, what are you on about, mate? Like, that's the know. point. It's like you, That's my point. You're making my point for me. Thank I know. You. I love this segment. Uh, and Nat Sinclair, me trying to explain to every single person I've ever met that Dylan Edwards is the most underrated player in the competition. Makes 200 plus meters every week. And it's not the team that makes Dylan. It's Dylan who makes the team. I mean, again, didn't Caleb Aikens have like 350 run meters? I swear in a game Damn, for them. Like, no. What's more fraudulent than fullback run meters, honestly? It's always weird when like there's these... these it happens quite often too. There'll be like really good teams and fans will get really fixated on like the shittest player in their team as meaning something. I think Dylan Walker, Dylan, I think Dylan Woods is okay, but Jesus Christ, the most underrated player in but, the comp. I mean, Dylan Edwards on another team, like if he was on the Broncos right now or on the Bulldogs or similar, he would have been rotated out of fullback multiple times. Mm. They'd have been trying to find someone better. He's that and, level of fullback. And on, like, do you know, do you people not learn from this? Like a lot of the time, like, yeah. There are players who, when they're in good teams, look great, and they go elsewhere, and they're yeah. just they're they're okay. Like Corey Allen is clearly just not going to put up the the number. He's not he's just not going to play as well as he did last year at the Bulldogs. That's just and that's fine. Yeah, but that's just how it is. And you're right. There's no way that I he mean, would be. He playing, only looks yeah. average at the Panthers. He looks first grade average at that team when they like when they were murdering sides on as much as they've been without Cleary last few weeks. He looked average then. Yeah, like, yeah come like, on. Seriously, you could chuck Nick Meany back there. I don't know; it'd be much different. I mean, I, again, I I do think in terms of the full time starting fullbacks in, in the NRL, I think he is the weakest. And we're talking about the the fullback position is so quality right now that you know Matt Dufty had the year he had and nobody wanted him. So I'm not trying to knock Dylan Edwards. There's just yeah. some really goddamn good fullbacks, and we've seen like. You know, when Jaden Campbell filled in at the Titans, exceptional, for example. Xavier Savage hadn't played fullback all season and looks mm. like this right now. You know, the hammer goes at the fullback, plays like that. Scott Drinkwater can play fullback really well. Alex not Johnson. A, yeah, not a, Alex Johnson. <laughs> not it. a massive knock on Dylan Edwards. It's not. 
He's fine. He's fine. But yeah, the most underrated thing. player in the NRL, though. It's like if that's you. you if How can anyone fan, on the Panthers be the most underrated anything? They can't be. But it's like uh, just such a weird thing to sit there as a Panthers fan with all the players you can stick your your flag in and be proud of. That's the one. Come on. Are you are you saying that my bizarre Mark Nichols obsession is a problem? Well, you, you've never called him the most underrated player. He's so underrated, and you, and you also haven't said he makes the team. <laughs> the team he does make technically make the team. He gets yes, picked he every does. week. He makes the yes. team. Uh, I just, I don't know. I would like some another club would. It would very much be a thing. It's not going to happen now, but timeline's different. Someone the Bulldogs could have signed Dylan Edwards on big money and just felt terrible about that, like instantly. The most underrated player in the league, by the way, is just like someone who's very good that no one talks about. Like that's who it is. I don't know who exactly that is, but it's not doing Edwards. Yeah, and it changes all the time because it does. Because once you're Keon Kolomatangi and you get picked in the Blues extended squad, yes, it's over. You are no longer underrated because people know you're good. Yes, so, that's it. That's how it works. Is it Ben Hunt? <sighs> he might be because because he's really said, good and people actually he's really go. fucking good. Yeah. Good answer. Look at us. That's a thinking man's underrated a player. Yeah. A guy that plays State of Origin last week and was yeah. the best player on the field is the most underrated <laughs> in the NRL. That's why you come here, folks, for different takes. But, exactly. but, but uh, galaxy but, brain I takes. mean, still bad takes, but, <laughs> but different <laughs> bad. But different bad takes. Different bad. All right. Um, and yeah, remember, if you want to vote uh, in that, you've got to be a member of our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies, you will get access to next year's Coltrane Cup tipping competition. Uh, our Discord server just got plenty of stuff going on. Um, you get some merchandise thrown in as well and some other things. And if you want to donate in the top two tiers, you will get a shout out every episode, just like these people. Chris Avnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Sergicomi, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Big Chief 69, Blake Moretti, Blame Hud, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, James K, Jason, Jez, Joe Cordy, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomo 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Turbo Sierras, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much. You can support everyone in the lower tier as well and everyone who just listens. Thank you very much. Mitchell, Ding Dong, and uh, Depression. How's things going? Life is pointless. It is. It's so pointless at the moment. Isn't it? <laughs> um, again, we're not going to bang on it. Yeah, so we're not going to bang on this again a lot. We've done it. But I just saw someone put this like this um, chain up on Twitter the other day about like, what's her name? But she's like a cancer survivor. And essentially, she's like, I survived cancer to live my life. You know, I didn't survive cancer at 26. You just exist. And currently, we're just existing. This is fucked. And she's like, I love my city. I love my job. I love my colleagues. I love what my work. I love restaurants, theaters, shops. I want to live again. I'm tired of relentless doom, tired of negativity, tired of medieval methods instead of modern science. And she says, it's not selfish to want to live rather than exist. It's not selfish to care about something other than COVID cases, to want to travel, to care about your brister and getting your hair done and, and you know, not wanting to work from home. It's not greedy or any of these things. I just want to say that's my mood at the moment is like, I feel like I'm just existing and I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying, because like, what can I do about it? Nothing. But there's no light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. It's just yeah, tough. I've, and everyone's probably in the same spot as me. I had my best week at FIFA Ultimate Team for the year though. So. There you go. Yeah. Well, the, the PNG Hunters scoring some sick tries in the weekend certainly brought a vibe to me that I, I enjoyed that. They so say they're, they're trying to cure the virus. It's good that uh, there's no just, virus that can't be fixed by sick tries. There isn't. It's just also and the Katie Hopkins stuff too, mate. Like again, and Caitlin Jenner, it, like, just but like me. that stuff. I'm glad it's happened because it's been happening for the last year or two. Well, Alan and, Sugar did it like six months but, ago for Celebrity Apprentice. But yeah, as as people know, dealing with the borders that like I have been for my partner's visa. It was really, it was killing a lot of the people in that community. Just seeing people walk in at celebrities and no one gave a shit. So mm. we needed someone. People like no one. People don't hate Caitlyn Jenner. People know the Kardashians and the Jenners, and people hate Katie Hopkins. That's all they needed to people to realize, oh shit, this government's kind of fucked again. Yeah, and then we had the story today where reportedly John Barrow's daughter's bragging about breaching COVID rules for the third time. I'm sure yeah. she'll face the full extent of the law. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, sure. so that's what my mood's sitting there, and why the mood's sitting like. 
even getting vaccinated, I again, I'm pro-vaccine. Everyone knows this, but I don't see the tea leaves that would make someone who isn't pro-vax go and get vaccinated right now. No, I'm not been I. impressed at all. Like, if you didn't want to get vaccinated, you're not being incentivized right now. If you didn't care, like, if you, if, because people, are, fear is what they're doing, but people aren't afraid of dying like that. Like, honestly, they're not. No one thinks I'm getting coronavirus tomorrow, I'm going to die. People don't think that. Hmm. But there's still no plan like, hey, if I get vaccinated, I can go to restaurants. Give people money. Or like, or like you know, I get vaccinated. If you give them the, the boomers, you give them dying discover vouchers or something, those I'll stupid things, they'll do it. Yeah. There's no incentive. And then keep it there. So I'm just sitting here, like, the lockdown is, you know, in air quotes till at least July 30, probably longer. But thinking, like, what the hell is the rest of this year anyway? I mean, dude, I was supposed to run a marathon, I think, two, two, in two months, two months from today. Mm. Uh, the chance of that event going ahead, I think, is zero percent. And I've just been so deflated just knowing that I've been training for this thing for like three months and it's just going to be pointless. And now I just don't feel like running anymore. I'm just like, what's why? Why bother? It's unfortunate. Okay. Yeah, that's there where we are. are. That's it. That's it. That's, 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 that's it. That's the whole podcast. I wonder <laughs> if my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, knew they'd send us on bi weekly existential crises just with their funny username. Yeah, no, well, yeah, you, you ask a question, you get an answer. Exactly <laughs> That's right. What we do on this podcast. <laughs> All right. And we will be back to uh, answer several of your questions in uh, the Question Time pod in a couple of days' time. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>